you for these kids and that they are a part of our church uh, and that they uh, get to uh, participate and worship with us uh, this way. Now, as we spend time talking yet again about hospitality, please help us, uh, both adults and kids, to see that you have called us to welcome others the way that you have welcomed us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we are continuing this week. We've got a few more weeks before we shift over to our Advent series. Chris, Advent is not that far away, y'all. Uh, last Sunday in November. So we have a few more weeks in this, in this uh, gospel-centered relationship series. And the premise of what we're talking about is this, that, that the gospel, the good news of what God has done and is doing through Jesus affects everything, even the way that we relate to one another. And so every one of these one another passages that we're looking at, there's, there's about 59 in total instances of the Greek word alelon, which is the Greek word that we're focusing in on in these different, uh, in these different instances. Um, many of them have this very interesting kind of correlation that what we're being asked to do can directly be connected back to something that Christ has done for us. So for example, we are told to love one another. Why? Well, we're told that God loved us. Uh, we're told to forgive one another, right? Why are we to forgive one another? Colossians 2 tells us is because we have been forgiven. Uh, we are told to bear with one another's burdens. Why do we bear with one another's burdens? Because Christ, in his death on the cross, bore the burden of our sin, and he himself says that he will bear our burdens with us. And we're looking now at hospitality. And last week we saw that it, in kind of, you know, you know, like you get a new car and, and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or, or if you're reading a kid's book, I, I think I made reference to like, where's Waldo last week? Um, you know, you're reading a where's Waldo book and you look for that little figure somewhere in the book, right? That when you start paying attention to the Bible, when you start paying attention to scripture, what we notice is that God's welcome is something that pops up again and again and again. Maybe not on every page, but close, right? That, that God's welcoming presence is, is a recurring theme of the Bible. So what we did, what we did last week is um, I was writing my sermon. It was way too long. And so I said, I'm going to break this one up into two parts. Uh, and so what we did last week is I gave you the definition of hospitality. The definition was a way of life that flows from the gospel where we sacrificially welcome others as if they were family or friends. So that was our working definition of hospitality. Uh, and then we did, we looked at three statements that kind of unpacked this for us and drew the implications out of that. Like, so, okay, so if this is true, then so what, right? So first we said that if hospitality flows from the gospel, that means it's not a nice extra, but that it is a vital part of the Christian life. In other words, it's not optional, right? Hospitality is not an optional practice. It's something that should be a part of the very way you think of the people of God. That's not to say that people outside of the church don't practice hospitality. They do, but it should be such a part of the church that the church is known as a people who are welcoming. Secondly, we see that it's sacrificial, right? Peter talks about doing this without grumbling, um, 
in Romans 12 that Maddie read for us. We've got this context, right? Be, be, uh, be joyful and hope, patient in affliction. There's this context of like hospitality happens in the context when things are not always hard. Or, uh, things are not always easy, rather. Um, and so, and that, but that makes sense, right? Because it's a sacrifice. It's the sacrifice of Jesus that welcomes us in. And then we said that hospitality is welcoming others as if they were family or friends because that is how we were welcomed. And again, that makes sense because we're brought into the family of God. Uh, that's one of the interesting kind of images of the New Testament is that the, one of the ways that the scripture talks about the relationship that you and I have with the Lord is that we are family, right? The image of father. I mean, God is, you know, God is not a man. He's not mask. He's not male, right? He has no gender, but he reveals himself to us as father because there's something about his relationship with the son and his relationship with us that we have to understand, right? We're adopted as children where we are, we are, um, get, we were given the image of the bride of Christ, right? All this familial language to express the way that we have been welcomed in. All right. And then we said that there are three kind of basic things, right? Shared meals, uh, a place to sleep and places to meet are the three things that we see happening regularly in the, in the New Testament when it comes to hospitality. All right. So now first Peter four, Romans 12, uh, why do we practice hospitality? All right. So now we're in, in the first Peter four passage in the Romans 12 passage. The first reason that we practice hospitality, I think, according to Peter, there's two things that I want to highlight, uh, is because of the time that we live in. It's kind of a strange statement, right? Look at what Peter says in verse seven, the end of all things is near. Now that right there, that statement right there, we could spend the next 45 minutes just unpacking what that means. We're not going to do that, but we could. Because that is a that is a loaded statement. Um, Karen Jobes is a uh, uh, she wrote a, a commentary on First Peter years ago, um, and she summarizes it really really well. She says Peter's saying that because of the resurrection of Jesus, his readers are living in the last stage of God's great redemptive plan. Um, so when he says the end of all things is near. He's, he's tapping into resurrection. Peter's talking about resurrection. So think of it like this. Uh, imagine that you're a sailor on a ship and you have drills that you're about to do, right? Depending on what role you have on the vessel you're in, right? There are certain responsibilities that you have to execute properly. If not, the drill doesn't happen the way it should, right? Or imagine that you're in school and it's fire drill. Right? If there's a fire drill during that time, what do you do? You get up, you don't make noise, you walk in a single file line, you go where your teacher's telling you, the teachers have got certain jobs, the administrators. During that period of time, there's certain things that you have to do. Or if you're a sports fan, you're watching your favorite football team, and they're playing the two-minute offense, right? Every player knows during the two-minute offense that you're moving the ball down the field to get into scoring position. And so you're doing quick plays to the sidelines in order to run the clock. When you're living in a certain period of time, you do things a certain way. When you live on this side of resurrection... You're called to live in a certain way. Notice how, how Paul phrases it 
in Romans 12. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. In Romans 12, Paul's laying out for us, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus in this period of time that we're in. And, and hospitality gets thrown in there, right? One of the practices of this particular period of time that we live in, this resurrection moment, is hospitality. Uh, Wendell Berry is a Kentucky everything. He's like a farmer, philosopher, novelist, everything. Um, He has this great line. He talks about practicing resurrection, right? The idea of practicing resurrection is that the way that we live our lives is showing the world what resurrection power is like. Do you all have resurrection power in you right now? Oh, come on. Have I done nothing in the year that I've been with you? (laughs) Nothing. Do you all have resurrection power in you right now? Yes. Yes. Amen. Right? Because the spirit of God, the spirit that brought Jesus from the dead, that spirit is at work in you. And so because of the moment that we're in, right, this post-resurrection time where Jesus's return is soon. We don't know how soon. Soon could be a thousand years. Soon could be two days. We don't know, but it's soon. That's the way the New Testament talks about it. There's this urgency. Welcome people. Welcome others the way that you have been welcomed because Jesus is coming soon. That's the urgency of hospitality. It's kids, it's like a magnet. Have you ever done this where you have, um, you know, say you've got something on the table and you've got a magnet and you start like putting it down slowly, slowly, slowly to see how close you can get to it before whatever it is gets pulled up by the magnet. Have you all done that? Okay, a couple of you have done that. Um, So if it's a really strong magnet, right? It's going to happen a lot sooner. If it's a really weak magnet, like those little flimsy letter magnets that you have on your refrigerator that sometimes don't even stick to the fridge, like they may not even make the thing move. The resurrection is like a magnet. The resurrection is like a magnet that's pulling you and me into the future. And as it's pulling you and me into the future, it's changing the way that we live. That's the first reason that we practice hospitality. The second reason is because it brings glory to God. Look at verse 11. Uh, So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. God is glorified. God is glorified uh, when you welcome others the way that uh, he has welcomed you. He's glorified in that. Uh, Because it shows the world the resurrection power. It shows the world the kind of community that that he has created. Sorry, my formatting there got messed up. There there should be a two in front of because it glorifies God. All right, so um, uh, Joseph, I'm about to like mess you up on slides. So just hang with me as best as you can because I moved things around a little bit. Um, so we're going to transition now to point two, but don't do that yet on the slides, Joseph, because I need to look at first Peter four. Uh, so the second reason that we are, um, excuse me. So, so that's the why the two reasons why is because, um, the moment that we live in, uh, the second reason is because it glorifies God. That's the why, then the how, how do we do this? So what's really interesting, if you, if you look at verses 10 to 11, let's read this. And, and as I'm reading it, I want you to think about, there are four things 
there are four things that God gives you according to these verses. And I'm going to ask you what they are, so you have to pay attention, okay? Um, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. What are the four things that God gives you according to these verses? God gives you gifts. Good. God gives you grace. God gives you stewardship. Strength and words. You got, okay, so we, 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 uh, we, we divided one and two, but this is great. You got them all, right? God gives you, listen to this. He gives you gifts. He gives you grace. Wor- um, words and strength. He invites you, the Lord invites us to show hospitality, but it's not this thing where, okay, you go show hospitality and if you show hospitality, We'll see how you do. And if you do a good job, then we'll give you gifts. No, it's he calls you to show hospitality. He calls us to welcome others the way that we have been welcomed. But we're not left to do that in our own strength. We're given God's gifts, God's grace, God's words, God's strength in order to be able to help us. So here's the thing about gifts that... that, um, We all have gifts. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has gifted you in certain ways? Now, some of us have the gift of hospitality. Others do not. That's okay. Some of us have the gift of evangelism. Others do not. Some of us have the gift of prayer. Others do not. Now, if I don't have the gift of prayer, does that mean I'm off the hook for praying? If I don't have the gift of hospitality, does that mean that I'm off the hook for showing hospitality? No. no. Right? And so here's the reality. We, God, God builds the church. He builds the body. He builds Harbor City. Uh, so that every time new people are being added to Harbor City, they're bringing gifts that God has endowed, given to them. This is true of you too, kids. Okay. Um, he, he's bringing gifts that they have to Harbor City in order for Harbor City to be the kind of church that he's calling Harbor City to be. And so what that means for hospitality is that some of us have the gift of hospitality. For some of us, that is a very easy and natural thing to do. It doesn't take as much effort as it does for others of us. And so for those of us that hospitality is hard, we need to lean on our brothers and sisters in the church for whom it is easier, and we need to have them help us, right? And that can happen in a number of ways, but, but that doesn't get us off the hook. It means that we're all working together in order to show hospitality. And then when we're in those spaces, right, we are given the words of God in order to be able to have spiritual conversations, isn't that amazing? Like God, God gives you the ability to speak from the wisdom of his word. You don't have to have a master of divinity degree and be ordained as a pastor in order to be able to speak the words of God, in order to be able to use scripture to be an encouragement, to have spiritual conversations with other people. 
so that when you're serving them, the strength that you need to serve, because remember we said things like hospitality, it can be hard. That's why Peter says, don't grumble. Paul says, like, be, be patient in fiction, faithful in prayer. Really interesting in that book I referenced last week uh, by Christine Pohl, she, she comments on the fact that it is often when the church is being, when the church is under the most external pressure, that it is most hospitable. This kind of fascinating little anecdote that you're just like, huh, why is that? Now, um, kids, you might be tempted to be like, oh, this is all fine and good for you all adults. But there's no application here for me. I disagree. Uh, actually, I think in some ways, the gift of being a kid uh, positions you, makes it possible for you to show hospitality in ways that adults can't, at least not right away. Let me tell you a story. I've used this story before, but I'm going to use it again because it's a favorite story of mine. So we moved into our second house in Boston, 47 Roslyn Street. uh, And we move in and I'm in the backyard of the first week that we're there, second week that we're there. uh, And we we meet our uh, our neighbor. Uh, I'm going to call him Robert. That's not his real name. I'm just going to call him Robert. Um, So uh, Robert gets upset with me because I moved something in the backyard. There's this dispute about the property line, I moved something I didn't know. And the next thing I know, he's biting my head off. Uh, Lena happens to be with me while Robert is being unkind to me. And Robert had just gotten this very cute dog. And so as Robert is being mean to me, Lena in all of her wisdom looks and says, I like your dog. And I don't know what he was expecting the response to be, but I can guarantee he was not expecting a cute little girl to say, I like your dog. And it just completely floored him. So he like, oh, you know, stopped, was a little kinder in that moment. Well, uh, as time went on, uh, this kind of interesting moment happened where at one point, all of our kids look at us and say, can we go into his yard to play with the dog? And I looked at my neighbor. I was like, is that okay with you? He's like, that's fine. So all of my kids went into the backyard and started playing with the dog. It's not uncommon during the years that we live there for us to say to ourselves, where is such and such child? And to go into the backyard and to find that, whichever child it happened to be, because all of our children are guilty of this, uh, would be in this neighbor's yard, hanging out with him and playing with his dog. Uh, it was a multifamily house. And so there was everybody in this, you know, there was a couple living on the top floor. He was living in the, in the main house and there was a, a woman living in the first floor. They all had dogs. Uh, and so it wasn't uncommon for, for there to be like a giant dog party happening uh, in the backyard. And my kids were always at the party. Uh, I think they threw the parties. Um, so time goes on and we invite Robert uh, into our house for dinner. Uh, and, and, and it was, you know, at first it was like, he was very uncomfortable, but he was, he came to birthday parties. Uh, he came to holidays. When we left the, in the weeks leading up to our leaving Boston. Uh, so, you know, we're, there are four, if you don't know, I have four kids. So my four kids are in the backyard across the street. There was a woman whose grandson Uh, was in the backyard. And then the house next to that was friends of ours from our church. They had five kids. 
Um, And so all of the neighborhood kids were in Robert's backyard playing with the dogs. That would not have happened. Kids, I'm talking to you. Forgive me. I'm going to talk to kids for a second. Like that would not have happened had it not been for my kids. And so what I want to tell you is that you are able to show hospitality by being just a kind, loving child, by by saying hi to your neighbor, by talking to them. You are able to show hospitality to them in a way that you have no idea what God might do with that. And so please don't think that Pastor Omar's here is talking about hospitality and it's got nothing to do with you. I would say it has everything to do with you. Now, adults, the kids lay the groundwork for us. What do we do? Um, I was listening this past week to a sermon by John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York City. And he was preaching on the radical way that Jesus used the table. I wasn't listening to the sermon thinking I would get anything for this sermon. I was just, he's a guy I listen to regularly. And this was the next sermon on his sermon list. And so I was listening. Uh, and he had this line at the end of the sermon that I was like, I had to stop because like, I have to write this down because I have to use it on Sunday. Uh, he quoted Alan Hirsch, who's an Australian theologian. He said this, if every Christian family in the world simply offered good conversational hospitality around the table once a week to their neighbors, we could actually eat our way into the kingdom of God. I want to eat my way into the kingdom of God. Uh, So yes, this is great, right? But I'm serious. I want to eat my way into the kingdom of God. Uh, And so I want you to think about this. Most of us eat three meals a day. I know one of you is like, I only eat two meals. Fine, do the math yourself. (laughs) For those of us that eat three meals a day, that means that we will eat 1,095 meals in a calendar year. That's a lot of meals. That means that you will eat 21 meals this coming week. 21 meals. Imagine what happens if you took one of those meals and you said, this meal, this will be the meal where we will start taking our bites to get us into the kingdom of God. What what would happen to you? What would happen to your roommates if you have roommates? What would happen to your family if you have a family? What would happen to you even if you're just living by yourself? What would happen in our households if 52 times in a year you graciously welcome somebody into your home. I promise you that it would change you. I promise you that if you have kids, it will change your kids. I promise you that it will have a profound impact. And like one meal a week, like that's not a big deal because you have 21 of them. That's the kind of church that Jesus is calling us to be. Jesus is calling us to to go hang out with students at David's Harp, to 
to have meals with them. He's calling us. So here, here guess what? Like we're, we're moving into the prime time to establish this habit. We're moving into Thanksgiving. We're moving into Christmas, right? We're moving into this period of time where it is socially acceptable to have people over into your home. Don't lose this opportunity. Take advantage of the cultural norms. Because, you know, if you go to somebody in like July, uh, maybe July you could get away with like a summer picnic or something like that. But, you know, like, I don't know, February, they'd be like, Whoa, what's wrong with you, right? You, you invited me over for Valentine's Day? That's creepy. But Thanksgiving, like a Friendsgiving kind of thing or a Christmas party like that, people can get behind that. And you begin to establish a pattern that says, I want to be the kind of person that welcomes others because that's the kind of gracious welcome that I've received. That, that's what it means to show hospitality to one another, to do that with each other, right? But then also to let that bubble over into your neighbors, uh, the people you work with, uh, and all these other different relationships that you might have. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the gracious welcome that you've given us. Jesus, thank you that you graciously came uh, and gave of yourself to us, that you, uh, that you gave your life in order for us to be welcomed uh, to the table, um, for us to have a, the seat of honor at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, Lord, um, thank you that you have given us your, your gifts and that you have given us your grace and that you've given us the words and the strength that we need in order to be able to follow you uh, in showing hospitality to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.